0: Time management is good, and then teach trying to help help these young recruits and young athletes to try to have time management in their own lives because they're going to need that in college. These kids are so busy, and I don't think the outside world realizes how hard they work, including their yeah. parents. Um, they just they they have so much to handle and and to prioritize, and um, so part of our job is to help them with that as well. You're listening to the Tap into College Golf podcast, where we provide an inside look at the world of college golf. College recruiting consultant Brandi Jackson shares her knowledge of college recruiting, plus interviews with some of the most accomplished coaches and players in college golf. If you are ready to tap into the best tips, stories, and insight, then you've come to the right place. Here is your host, Brandi Jackson.
1: Welcome to this episode of Tap into College Golf. Got a little different spin on my guest this week. Um, Rather than it being a current active coach, I have reached out to Coach Kathy Mintz, who was the coach at Georgia Georgia State for, I think it was 19 years, I believe it is. Going to let her fill us in on that a little bit, but she is now retired and enjoying post-college coaching life, and just excited to have her kind of reflect back on her time as a coach some of the things that she's now seen, you know, post-college um, coaching and, and just college golf and just provide you all out there listening in um, just a little bit of insight about just what really uh, kind of goes on in college golf and, and just some of the things that she saw through her time as a college coach. So Coach Matt, I'm excited to have you join us. Thanks. Well, thanks. It's, it's uh, nice
0: to be a part of this. Um, I'm thrilled to be able to share anything I can to help others uh, in the future.
1: Awesome. Well, how is retired life, I guess, first, let's talk about that a little bit.
0: Uh, actually, retired life is pretty cool. Um, it's uh, I, I really do miss a lot of things about coaching. I miss a lot of the kids, but uh, being retired means I finally have some time to do some things that I kind of wanted to do. And uh, gee, I even get to sleep in once in a while or stay up really <laughs> late, have time nice. for family. And that's probably the biggest thing. I'm h- hoping to even get back to playing some golf myself. So, um, so far, I'm in about month four, I've thoroughly enjoyed just having some freedom where I didn't have a lot of stress because at the coaching job, you're never done. There's, yes. you never can yes. just say, whew, I'm done. And now we'll start the next, next week. It's just an on, ongoing, uh, ongoing constant job. So both are great, There's- but I'm enjoying this phase of my life right now.
1: Very true. Well, I think it was definitely well earned. And we'll talk a little bit about kind of what led you into coaching. Um, I know, like I said, you were there at at Georgia State for, is that right? 19 years? Is that right?
0: That's correct. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, My path is probably,
0: well, I was going to say my path is probably different than most.
1: Um, Okay. Georgia State is
0: the only only place that I've ever coached. But uh, I had the great pleasure of playing on the LPGA Tour for 10 years. And then when I retired from that, I was a golf instructor. and just being the goofball, I guess, that I am, uh, I, uh, a lot of kids gravitated to me and I, you know, in my teaching with young players, I really just told them, I said, I'm going to tell you when it's good and I'm going to also tell you when it's not and we need to keep working on it. I'm I'm not going to compromise on that belief. So you're going to know how I am, how I feel about what you're doing with your golf swing. At any rate, I did that for a number of years um, and was actually teaching kids and preparing them to go to college play college golf. <clears throat> My husband's job changed. We moved to the Atlanta area where he was the general manager of Eagles Landing Country Club, and I was teaching there. And it happened to be the home for the Georgia State players. Um, Trey Jones, at the time, was the men's coach. He is now the men's coach at Florida State and doing a fab, fabulous job. But he, Trey approached me and said, "Hey, listen, could you?" could you, would you be interested in coaching? We're looking for a coach. And I went, well, I'm not really, I'm teaching kids to get there. And and he said, well, could you help us out? And he said, But well, could you just go to this one tournament? We really need some help. <laughs> so I did and uh, fell in love with it. And that was the start of my career. <laughs> Trey right, taught me everything cool. I needed to know about coaching in one hour. <laughs> that was about Man, it. That's, so, now, did they it have was, a
1: women's team at the time or was that just the men's team? Did.
0: Okay, they did. They okay. did. And actually, yes, they did. And, uh, um, so I walked into a program with, uh, you know, a bunch of young ladies and thankful I'm still in touch with, with, uh, almost all of them. So Very cool. uh, that's been kind of the joy to my coaching career.
1: Nice. All right. Yeah. That, uh, like I said, it, it is rare when you have somebody who's been at the same school, um, I talked to coach Garner earlier and she was kind of in that same boat there at Rollins. You know, she did leave twice, but somehow managed to make her way back, but kind of same thing. And definitely is a little different take and then had coach hester on here earlier um you know back earlier in the year and and you know she's not necessarily meant to bounce around a few times but has bounced around here and there and and just definitely different perspectives there on having to really start a new you know start a program or build a program or change the culture right. and do all that as opposed to kind of being able to just set that trend and, and just continue to grow it over time um uh, well then right. tell me uh, a little bit what what do you miss now that you're not coaching? What are some of the things that you definitely miss the most about, about not coaching?
0: I think the things that I miss the most are the kids. I mean, the daily interaction with the kids and that practice um, competitions, I miss that. I don't miss the paperwork. I can tell you that. Um, and I definitely miss seeing my coaching friends. Um, yeah, Those are two things. I mean, it's a wonderful environment and it really is a, you know, a unique group of people and seeing the talent of the kids and growing and not just the kids on my team but some of the kids from the other teams that I'd recruited and and for one reason or another they either went to a different place or didn't work for us but we we've actually stayed in touch with some of those kids so I just think being around young people is pretty exciting and and watching the terrific talent that's there and and it develop is is a lot of fun I miss that
1: yeah I'm sure I um I can can relate a little bit just in, in what I do and my well, I think I've said this a couple of times on here, the one thing that, that I don't like about what I, I do is I don't get to spend that time with the kids like the college coaches do. I think that's one thing that I envy a little bit is the, the time you get to spend with them and, and just really, you know, getting to know them and, and watch them grow and, and develop and mature and all those things is just such a uh, rewarding and, and just unique experience for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's true. And I think, um, well, it's just, it's something that I do miss, but um, I plan to follow our team in a couple of events. I don't want to get in their way, but I'm still really interested in how they're doing.
1: Yeah. um, I like that. Well, what, I mean, I guess that probably might be the same answer to kind of what was the most rewarding part, um, I guess, would just be working with the kids. Is there anything else from a just really feel good rewarding part of being a college coach that kind of stands out?
0: Yeah. You know, for for me, it was um, watching each individual grow both in their game, but, but almost more as a person watching mm-hmm. watching them grow for example we've got one kid that's a senior this year at georgia state and as a freshman she had to get up and and give a speech in front of one of her classes and the kid was a nervous wreck and so you know helping them bring her in the office okay give me your speech come on let's do it again let's try it again give me a little eye contact let's have a little flex, you know inflection in your voice and last year she was teaching a group, uh, in our church. And I said, I'm just so proud of you. So seeing the type of growth that you can see in, in, um, people, I had a kid that uh, many years ago, um, had never, now today's products, you don't need to do it. But then we were, I, I was a big deal on having a uniform looking like you're professional. You're going to yeah. look good. You're going to dress well. You're going to mark, have clean shoes. You're going to walk out there like you're a champion. And, at that time, we had to iron, and I had a kid that had never ironed before. So I gave ironing lessons <laughs> in my room when I was on the road. And uh, I got a call a couple of years after this kid graduated. I got a call, and she goes, "Coach, you're going to be so proud of me. I'm going to work, and I got a crease in my pants." So you know, it's just stuff like that. It's pretty special, and yeah. um, just seeing them grow as, as human beings and and members of our society is is pretty cool. And if their golf grows with it, I'm, that's through you know I'm thrilled about that because that was what got us all together in the first place
1: yeah i love that that um i love the the ironing story that's that's funny but it is funny those little things that that come back that you didn't think made a big deal at all probably and they probably didn't even think about and then you know years later those little moments that come back that meant a lot more than what they ever realized and that you probably realized too that's right yep Well, let's take a little flip side to that and talk about, um, you know, what was the toughest part about being a college coach? What were some of the the struggles or like you said, some of the back end things, I know we're going to talk a little bit later about, um, you know, some of the things players and parents might not necessarily consider. Um, but what was the toughest part about being a college coach?
0: I think uh, truly for me, the toughest part about being a college coach was time management. Okay. Um, just being able to manage so that you could give to the kids that you could do a good job recruiting, that you get all the paperwork done because there's myriads of that, that there was time for family. I mean, I'm talking on about a, on a personal side there. Um, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I didn't, I, I think that really was the toughest thing. I didn't have super tough things dealing with the kids. I had, a, I was really fortunate had a wonderful group of kids all throughout the years yeah. that I was doing it. But, um, have time management in their own lives, because they're going to need that in college. These kids are so busy, and I don't think the outside world realizes how hard they work, including their yeah. parents. Um, they just, they're, they have so much to handle and, and to prioritize, and um, so part of our job is to help them with that as well.
1: Yeah, that's that's nice. I uh, you can definitely relate on that with struggling. I, I know we preach time management, and you know all the girls that I, I consult, that's one of the things that we talk a lot about. But I'm the first to admit I struggle with it. You know, it's hard to balance. Um, you know, in my case, it's small business and it's personal life. It's you know family. It's you know I'm not married with kids necessarily, right. but just trying to balance it all. I think it's a constant struggle that time management is just something that I don't think is immune to even, you know, even adults and, and even post-college and everything. I think that's something to just constantly have to get better at and, and continue to find little, you know, little tricks. I have a lot of my players just like, what's some tricks to it? And, you know, there are certainly little things with writing down, you know, writing down a list and making sure you get it done and and little things here and there, but it's still some weeks it's easier and and better than others. And sometimes of the year, it's a little bit easier and better better than others. But um, I think knowing that we all probably struggle with that, but it's something that, you know, you can only try to just keep getting better at because it is such a big part of college golf, Uh, especially going from junior golf to college where you're not being, you're managing your time at that point. We talked about this in a a Q and a session the other day with the, East Carolina coach we're talking about it's such a transition when you're not told where to go and where to be. And all of a sudden you're responsible right. for you know 90% of your day pretty much. And you don't know how to manage all how of that. To do it.
0: Right. We actually did. I mean, I did a thing for two or three of my kids that were really
1: struggling with this. And I did
0: a time chart uh, day by day, hour by hour. And I colored yep. it in these, these are the days. This is the color for your classes. This is practice. This is transportation to practice. This is, these are your meal hours this is your tutoring hours tutoring hours and then we would find and literally there weren't very many hours in there that were free you had to get up a little early stay up a little late to get all your studying done and to just show them when they said I just don't have time and I said okay well you've got an hour here you got two here there's one over here so we actually put that together for some of our kids that really struggled with it and it like i said it was a day by day hour by hour fill in and it showed you where you did have some free time and how are you going to take advantage of that time
1: so. Yes. Yes. That, uh, that, I, I would, again, I had that same uh, kind of discussion, just like you said, there's little chunks of like 10 or 15 minutes here and there that you don't realize you're wasting that and you put all that together that's and it, it gives you a whole hour to do something that, you know, you're just that's not right. realizing that that's miss, you know, that's those little pieces here and there that just, just start to add up. And yeah, I've always mm-hmm. heard the, the coaches say, you know, they've never had a player, um, come and say, well, coach, I just have too much time. It's always, coach, I don't have enough time. (laughs) And, you know, and it's like you said, there are some, and I, I was on a call with one of my girls last night and she was just talking about sleep habits and stuff. And I was like, you know, we talk about time management all the time and get a good sleep and do all, you know, get a good night's sleep and all this. But there are times where you're going to have those really late nights. You're going to have to stay up half the night or get up really early to finish homework. You know, they're finished in their state tournament. She was talking about that. I was like, you know, there's sometimes you just got to know that no matter how good you are with your time management, there's only, there is only so many hours in the day sometimes that it's going to require you staying up till midnight or one o'clock in the morning to get it done. Um, You know, there's just times where that's going to be the case and you can't beat yourself up and try to say, you know, maybe, Maybe you shouldn't have had to, because sometimes that's just how life is going to be when you've got so much going on and and you're traveling for tournaments or whatever it might be, and you've got tests and you know, the girls this past week I said had high school golf and one of the girls missed her like midterm. So she literally came back, she shoots 69 finishes runner up in the state tournament, all excited. And, and then it kind of hits her. She had three midterms to make up the next day. And so oh, she gets man. back, you know, from playing <laughs> so well and, and she's talking to me, should I email coaches? Do I need to let coaches know? I was like, it's okay. Like just enjoy the moment, get home, get what you need done. Like we'll talk about it after school tomorrow. Um, And then she tells me, she's like, Yeah, I had three tests today. And I was like, Well, I'm glad we definitely, you know, planned it that way. I was like, It's okay. Like, the, you know, it's, you can enjoy it for a little bit and the, the coaches will understand that, you know, sometimes you've got to study right. and you got to do those kinds of things. So um, that's, right. that's right. Well, tell me, I think you even kind of mentioned it too. Um, how did you handle, and this is something I just actually wrote an article about this past week, kind of comparing the difference between, players who really want to get better and then some of those players out there who see college golf as kind of a a means to an end and they're really just looking at for the scholarship but then they get there and it's a little bit of a battle for um, getting them to work hard how do you handle that um, as a coach when when you get some players who are in that um, that boat again I know it's probably different scenarios but what are some things what are some um, you know, even just maybe red flags through the process ahead of time to try to help identify the the ones who you know, who really wanna get better and, and are gonna be those really good student athletes and the ones who maybe get there and feel like they kinda of earn their scholarship and they're just gonna kinda of ride it out for four years and, and maybe not work as hard as they should.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean that definitely happens and I think we all have kids like that. But I think, you know, for me when I was Recruiting kids, of course, there's a lot of lip service that goes on, and that's what's kind of frustrating somewhat about the recruiting process, both on the athlete side and the coaches' side I guess um, but most of the kids that I recruited um, you know I think almost every one of them had a dream of playing professional golf, okay. and what I found is that um, you know these are all great players that have come into an uh, an arena that there are so many compressed great players. They're not just the great player in their area. Now there's lots of them. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that, they you all know, I'll work pretty hard for the first couple of years. And at the end of the sophomore year is I think when reality sets in for a lot of these kids, like, well, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to make this professional career. I think that hits them. And I really saw a difference in, in, in kind of a, a whole different attitude then. Um, again, I had a lot of really wonderful kids and I did have some that were didn't give a hundred percent. But I had to recognize that they needed to spend some time on their studies and I wanted them to be successful there. Um, And I, I just, I mean, we literally sat down and had one-on-one conversations like, why wouldn't you want to be the best that you can be at everything that you're doing when you're doing it? It, To me, it's just something that I don't, I can't fathom why anybody would like to just be a 50 percenter. Yeah, or yeah. just give 75% and not be the best because uh, it carries over into your life later on too. That was always baffling. So I would have those conversations with the kids and then once in a while, I'd really address the deal. Look, you're being paid mm-hmm. be, to play golf.
1: Yeah.
0: And there are expectations that come with that. And, and I think as a kid, we forget that I forgot that I think as a kid, although I didn't have a college scholarship, but I f- probably forgot that a lot of things were being given to me we just say, just remember that you are very, very fortunate to have this scholarship and you, it's your job right now to give the best that you can. So we would do that, but try to work with the okay. kids and, and to make it happy and to see if they could have some improvement there and talk to how they could use this in the future if they just keep with it. So kept trying to make it a positive thing instead of a negative thing uh, when that happened, but also had to recognize as a coach that listen, some of them, they're doing the job, they're showing up. Is, is their heart a hundred percent in it? No, not every time. And maybe we'll have challenges and maybe we have exercises that I wanted them to be responsible for so that I know that they're doing some of the work and we did that too.
1: Okay. Uh, I like that. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a uh, topic of a conversation that I have with players, parents, and then the coaches of, you know some of the frustrations of the coaches, like I said, who get players that, and and I think it's tough. Even some of the coaches will admit, you know, maybe their expectations are are higher, and they have a hard time, you know, realizing that nobody's going to want it as bad as they want, you know, as bad as you want it for them. Um, and just some right. of the frustrations with that, and and you know, sometimes is it was it a bad recruiting? You know, did you recruit? A, did did you recruit a bad? recruit a bad recruit, I guess is the best way of saying that. Um, Or did they really just kind of fool you through the process? Is it something you're doing as a coach? I know there's a, it starts, you know, bringing up a lot of questions about, you know, where did that kind of go wrong? and, And then, or hearing from the players in college who feel like, you know, they're not getting a fair assessment of what they're doing. It's just been very interesting to see, So many more Hmm. players going on to college and getting that feedback or the coaches, you know, bending their frustration sometimes to me as a little bit of just a a middleman, I guess, sometimes of, of, you know, just some of the times when the players get there and just don't want to work as hard as, you know, their expectations Hmm. are, um, or just get too caught up in social life, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. We, I I think there's just, you know, some of it's our society. And I, and I refer to this as a, some of the things for kids today that the fast food mentality i order it i I get it immediately i want it and it comes immediately and don't understand that you have to work for it's like fine dining you have to sit and you have to take your time and you're going to grow and grow with it it just doesn't come because you want it one day practice you think you're going to have it it's not the way it works and trying to share that from you know as being a professional player on the tour that it you know it's it's a tough deal and you have to work hard it just Mm -hmm. doesn't happen And uh, you have to have a plan and you've got a a little bit of progress each day. I mean, some of that too is just measuring. Can you make a little bit of progress each day? But as you're going through this whole thing and the kids come in and again, they're 17, 18, maybe 19 years old when they start, you know, they're not sure what they want to do. I mean, they're giving lip service because this is how they've done it. They practice, that's what they know. And then they get to school and a lot of other things have opened up for them. We have to understand that as coaches, you think you got the kid pinned, but not always. And we've got to work with them and help them be successful. Um, You know, and, and they're not bad because they're doing it. They're, they're trying, but you know, it's just like everything. If you love something, you're going to work really hard. And if you don't, you you know, it's part of your deal. You're going to do it, but Hey, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And sadly a couple of the kids will be that way, but I think we got through it. Okay.
1: Good. Uh, It's definitely good to hear that and hear that. Take on it, because I I think it's. I said the more I've seen players move on, and some just be, you know, so happy and love it, and it just seems like this perfect fit. And then others who struggle, and you know, trying to look back and say, well, was there something we could have done different through the process to find you somewhere else? And sometimes I think maybe the right, the the wrong decision was made based off of what the kid wanted. And obviously you're not going to tell a 16, 17 year old really what to do when it comes down to them making their decisions. So there's been some who had to learn the hard way, but even times where we thought it was going to be a really good fit. And then, you know, some of the struggles with it. And I think I've started just to myself, accept the fact that we got to do the work, you know, try to communicate with the coaches, try to ask the questions, but there's only so much you can predict once you get there because you're going to change, you're going to, you know, your priorities are going to change. And and sometimes it's it's only so much you can do about it that, you know, you're just not going to be able to predict that. Um, And in some cases, some kids I think can kind of tell where they're, Internal drives coming from as a junior, but a lot of them won't know that until they get out on their own and right. away from, you know, <laughs> away from it. And, and some fall in love with it and, and realize how much they love the game. And then others, you know, like I said, it goes the other way and it becomes more of a job. And it's, it's just definitely interesting to see and and try yeah. to help predict that as much as possible. But then I've kind of got to the point sometimes I'm like, you know what? There's only so much we can figure out ahead of time when you're 16, 17 years old. That's gonna find the perfect fit that you just kind of got to go with it and and hope for the best and, and do all that you can to make it a good fit and, and, you know, just wait it out and see what, you know, what adjustments have to be made or, or what changes I think.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I, and I think one of the hardest jobs, and one of the biggest challenges we face as coaches is to keep the love of the game going. mm mm-hmm because these kids work so hard and yeah and sometimes they're working like you said they've been up till three and they've had to finish a paper study and they're at practice the next day and as a coach you have to recognize that that kid can't give you everything that day you can't and if i've got a kid that has got two big tests i mean i even had kids that had a big accounting test there's uh, at at, uh, georgia state at times um, accounting was if you didn't pass that with a b you were out of the business college Okay. And I recognize that and so I would say I want you to take tomorrow off and prepare for your test because they're not going to be with me at practice if they're so stressed and worried yeah. about taking this test so as a coach I think you have to work with them and they respect that and they appreciate that so at least that's what I read from them um you know and we'd have things when they had a really busy time I said could you come to practice and give me an hour or two hours yeah and then you go sit and I'm, you know, go sit and, and study for the next two hours because that way they could maybe focus on it and and weren't so stressed about what they were doing in school if academics were important to them
1: yeah that's good I, I love hearing that and love uh, you know I think that is you know probably what I mean I know I've, I've heard I know I think we maybe have only met once in person and probably connected a little bit more towards obviously the end of your career, but always heard such positive things about, you know, about you as a coach. And I think some of what you're sharing here just says a lot about why that's the case. And, and I I know we talk about this podcast is a lot more for juniors and parents kind of going through the process, but I know there's some upcoming coaches who listen to this and have really given a lot of feedback. So I'm sure hearing some of that helps them a lot just to know that, you know, you really do have to adapt and adjust for. You know, for the different players and, and know that everybody can't be, you know, it can't be the same and, and just how you right. have to adapt to them as well. Um, with still having your expectations and your, you know, your own, you know, standards of what is expected for them from a work ethic and those right. kinds of things. And again, it's all different based off of your really hot, you know, high top ranked golf programs with those academics, you know, every, there's different kind of criteria within different elements of it. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, they've still got to love the game and got to find a way to make sure they don't lose that or else we just completely kind of miss the purpose, I think.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Well, tell, um, kind of switch gears maybe just a little bit. Let's talk just a little bit about, you know, kind of the, the parent side of things going through the process. I get a lot of parents coming to me about advice, and, and I ran a, a a series talking about kind of my two cents on on parents and what I've seen and, and what I, you know, what my take is on having been the daughter and, and the player and now, you know, kind of between mm-hmm. parents and players and stuff. But, you know, how do you feel, Um, We'll talk a little bit about kind of how the parent involvement might have affected your decision about a recruit and then we'll talk just a little bit about kind of some um, advice to the parents, but how did that involvement, is there anything that ever really kind of stood out, uh, but how did you utilize and, and kind of view the parent involvement when making your decision about certain recruits?
0: Well, I think the biggest thing that hit me for me wasn't a huge amount because I recruited mostly international kids and some of their parents didn't even speak English. However, with that said, um, the one big turnoff for me as a coach is when everything came from the parent and nothing came from the kid. My daughter, my daughter, my daughter, and I'm going, well, that means that the kid can't speak for themselves. And do I want someone like that on my team? The answer is no yeah so what you know i if i had parents who did that and i said look I, I i took the time to email them and said i need to have this information come from your daughter and because i'm not recruiting you and i'm yeah. sure she's great you know i'm mean, trying to say it nicely of course but um I, I just uh the parents have to let the kids do that the parents are there to help them with things that they have not experienced the kids haven't experienced before like maybe filling out all the forms that you have to do for application they can help them but they don't need to do it for them because yeah. what we found is that when you've got parents doing everything for the kid when they come on campus we don't do everything for their for, for their daughters or their sons you know we're not we're there to help them in every every way we can but we're not going to do it all and they've got to step up and accept some responsibility i mean for an example i did have one kid whose parents were a little bit involved she was an international and her dad did everything for her. I mean, everything. And she had an issue with a tooth and it was a t- couple of blocks down the road to go to the dentist. And we were fortunate that it was close. And she said, can you come I said, I can't today, but you can do this. You can walk down there, you go in the door, you give them your name, you give them the information, you can handle this. And she came back and she's like, I did it. And I go, I told you, you could do that. So, you know, it's some of that. And when parents do everything for a kid, they're doing them an injustice. Yes. They really, really are. And so um, I would say parents, please, the information has to come from your kids. And it's gotta be truthful because we're gonna find some stuff out too, if it's not. So yeah, just having the kids do it. Um, but because my situation, we were mostly international, we didn't have parents had attended tournaments. We didn't have things like that. However, I do know that one of the topics at the, the National Coaches Convention, uh, not every single year, but in the many of the years, is how do we handle parents and their involvement? It's that big a deal, and it's and it's um, something that is interrupting the programs in some respects. We're fortunate that golf is a game by score, and anybody who challenges that is wrong. I mean, score we, it's score, it's it's there. So those coaches who have been, in a sense, even threatened um, by parents. Um, because their daughter didn't get to play, just need to step back and let the kids figure it out. Um, Again, I'm very, very fortunate. I didn't run into those circumstances, but I do know that they're out there, and I do know that coaches surely talk about that a lot.
1: Yeah, well, I think your point of talking, and it's very, very hard. I know when they're, you know, obviously – I'm here from the, you know, born and raised South Carolina and you want all the American kids to have all the opportunities. The majority of the girls that I do work with are all the girls from, um, from the States. I have a few internationals um, that I help and, you know, you don't want to take opportunities away from and that kind of thing. But just kind of what you said is it is what has led. I get that question a lot is why so many internationals? Why do coaches say that? And I always tell them one of the biggest things is the lack of parent involvement. And it just takes a whole level of stress off of a coach that they don't have to deal with. Yeah. Um, I know there's some other factors in the the players when they come here. They, they've got different um, different approaches to college golf than what some of the U.S. kids do. But I think that, it, right. that brings up such a good point that, again, you just – It's not, you know, obviously not all kids in the U.S. are that way, not all parents are that way, but it, like I said, it just somewhat eliminates that into a degree, you know, you can't fault some of the coaches for just getting so frustrated with how the parents can always be that they just start doing that more and more. I mean, I kind of hate to see that and then, you know, you know, that it's not always the case, but that is a little bit of it. Yeah, I like just two comments. It, it's not that
0: I just wanted to do internationals. That's it, It's uh, our location and
1: yeah, everything
0: right. for Georgia State just kind of dictated that we didn't get a lot of lot of uh, U.S. kids that were super interested in, uh, with the type of player that they would be. Now that's changing, and I, I have to say, in just the last three or four years, it's really changed. But all that other time, we just couldn't get the kids, and so that's why we had internationals. But I wanted to also do one more thing that parents' involvement – making a decision this is another observation for parents Um, we as coaches are also you know we're watching all the time because the kid that we're recruiting is going to be part of our family Mm -hmm. and we want to watch how at least i do interact how the kids interact with their parents but also how the parents react to their kids in other words when they're playing how do the parents react when the kids had a tough time the kids trying you know that they're not going out there to mess up. They're trying. How do the parents react when the kids made a double or a triple? Are they just going berserk and all that? Cause you know that that's what you're going to face as a coach. Uh-huh. I think. You're going to have that. So coaches, I mean parents actions are being observed and parents need to kind of watch that. And I definitely watch kids, how they react to their parents because if a kid doesn't treat their parents well, walks off, mm-hmm. don't, you know, does that, that's not a kid I want to recruit. Cause that means they're yeah. going to be doing that to me. And, um, I've recruited one kid just because of how loving the relationship appeared between her parents and her and the respect that they had. And that's the type of kid that I wanted for on my team.
1: Yeah, my uh, Mick Potter always, and I hadn't had him on here yet, but um, we we have a lot to talk about when that comes up as former coach player and, and all that, but I remember him saying the same thing about, um, and I, I, you know, talk a lot about my dad and his relationship and stuff, but he told me one of the reasons he wanted to recruit me was after I'd had like a, a, I think it was a 13 on a par five. It was just a complete disaster. And as I walked off the green in the next hole, my dad walked over and put his arm around my back. Um, and I just kind of smiled and walked on the next hole. And he said, that was so much of what he needed to know about, you know, how our Absolutely. relationship was going to be and the support and all that. And, you know, Absolutely. he just said that that was a turning point point and kind of him recruiting. And, you know, it's, um it, it is, as like I said, I covered this and then probably touched on some nerves for some parents over the last few weeks on the articles I wrote just of how, you know, how important it is. And some of it, I think I've noticed, some of the parents don't realize what they do. And sometimes it's, I've told them I was like, there's, there's times you can be doing stuff. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Your daughter is going to find a way to blame you for, you know, the bad shot or for making them upset or something Um, there's some cases with that, but just for them to uh, both how it affects the player. And then also I said, from how it affects the coaches of just them, they think sometimes they're off in the woods where nobody can see them and, and whatever, but you just know it. You just know as a player, sometimes what's going on and you get those feelings and and then coaches see a lot of those things too.
0: Right. Well, I mean, that's probably the recruiting thing, but then we also have, you know, the kids, gosh, they've had a tough time and they've got a tough parent. They don't want to talk to their parents after the round, but the mm-hmm. parent wants to talk to them. And, <laughs> you know, and, you know, just sitting and talking with the kids and letting them understand, mm-hmm. look, look, the parents just love you and they know you have ability and they know how yes. h- how good you are, but it doesn't happen all the time. and They're not here. They can't see it. And, and so they just are questioning you and don't, yeah. don't just try to understand that they love you they just can't figure out why it's not happening yeah. for you and try to keep the stiff upper lip because i've had kids on my team that just didn't want to talk to their parents and in some cases I said okay well then don't <laughs> <I> mean, yeah <laughs> we don't want <laughs> well, you being yeah, torn. yeah we don't want you being torn down because that's what it is it's a downer for the kid we want the kid to be built up you know yes. it's okay we'll go get it next time you know ask your coach if they can help you with blah 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 and uh, yeah. see if we can work on improving but it The other stuff that just tears a kid down, they're tired and they're working hard. And so they need to have the upbeat stuff versus the opposite.
1: Yes. Yes. That was, that was such a, a fun kind of article to write about that, of that post round conversation for parents and players and trying to give them a little, a sp- little bit of space sometime. And even if you as a parent or have to write the stuff down, you know, just to, just to kind of get it out of your head. Cause you're so anxious to just ask them, you know, why did they do this and why did they do that? Just remember that like their emotions are, you know, at a, at a high at that time and, and they probably but, don't want to talk about it. If you give them a little bit of space, they'll probably be a lot more receptive because you do have to learn. It's what I, you know, always trying to kind of see both sides because the kids are young and a lot of times they're not gonna totally see where they you know maybe did make mistakes or, or what they did absolutely third, you know absolutely. an outsider does see it especially a parent who does actually play golf that they do need to not be so shut down to their parents maybe trying to help but you know, the parents respecting the players enough to do it when they're going to listen and be receptive and have a conversation instead of emotions. And they're just, they're going to shut down and it just gets ugly is know that it may not be till the next day or, you know, the car ride might need to be silent, you know, and and just let them, you know, let them lead that a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I I think, you know, you can go to it in it as for the parents, if anybody wants that, you want to ask, you want to tell the kids what you thought they really did well.
1: Yes. What did you do well today?
0: And then what needs improve might need improvement? Yes. Observations and then let it go. And I'm proud of you. And then let it go. Yes. (laughs) uh, Let them move on from there. So,
1: yes, yes. I love it. Definitely love that. Um, Well, we got just a few more minutes here and then um, we'll kind of wrap this up. But Maybe um, share just a little bit, and I think this is something, again, maybe post talking again a little bit about parents and players. And and, and now that you can look back, what are some things, again, you know, parents and players out here going through the process and, and even some who have kids in college, what are some things that they maybe don't consider or understand, you know, when it comes to a coach making a decision about a certain recruit or even once, you know, you get to college that maybe the parents and players just aren't really seeing, you know, your side of things in a way or what, you know, why some decisions have to be made the way they do and those kinds of things that, you know, just good for them to hear it from, you know, from a coach's perspective on that.
0: Well, I think the first thing to realize is that we definitely recruit more than we're going to bring in because of the yes and no's and people going different places. So you're recruiting some, you know, more players. And as a coach, you have a priority list. You know, I'd love to get this kid, but if I don't get that, this is number two, number three, number four, number five. And you're recruiting them all hard and you're recruiting them sincerely. Um, and that needs to be understood. You, you really are. And I, you know, there's a lot of times when you've even built a really fine relationship with a kid, and and possibly the parents as well, and they've bought into it. You got to make a decision, and you've got to bring the, the the top recruit in that you have that you think is going to be the best. And so sometimes you have to pick someone that, even though you've got a great relationship with somebody else and it's the same way kids go into a different coach too by the way yes but um sometimes you just have to make that decision and it's a hard one and um and and talking to the to the recruit the kid and telling them that you know you've selected somebody else for me as a coach that was so hurtful because i didn't want to hurt hurt that (laughs) individual it just hurt me to have to have that conversation um but i think you know, coaches, I mean, parents need to know that we're recruiting the best for our parents and for our program. And the reason for that is, is the expectations that our administration has on us. So, yeah. uh, you know, today, one of the things that has changed, I think, a lot in the games, since I started 19 years ago, is that women's golf, as a, as other sports, but women's golf is really being looked at more seriously. It's just not, you know, go do your thing, stay out of trouble, get good grades, and that's all we want from you. That's not it anymore. We want winners. Yeah. And so ADs are looking at the results and there are coaches who are losing their jobs because they don't have the results that the ADs are looking at. It's like the football programs, but it's not as intense as that, but it's still there. And so we have to recruit the kids that we think are going to do the best for our program and advance it. Um, and I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the business world. It's the same, same mm-hmm. sort of thing. And, um, so that's I think a really tough thing and that and you know hopefully like I said there'll be kids that I've tried to recruit have gone to other programs and I always wish them well I want everybody to be happy with their choice and if it doesn't come on back to us and we'll take you know we'd love to have you but um, uh, we're trying to help these young people be the best that they can and so parents just know that we are recruiting more than the one kid that that, two kids that we might need for our program and that we have to make a decision and it's based on who's going to fit best with our t- team family, who's going to be successful academically, um, who's going to b- build move our team forward to winning championships and that's what our idea is looking at as well.
1: Yes. Yeah. And like I said that that does that provide some good, really good insight because again, I think players and, and parents. Sometimes, you know, some who are in certain business worlds understand it, I think, a little bit more than others. But I think a lot of times they just uh, just don't get the chance to really kind of see the other side and totally understand. And and a lot of times they come to me. And unfortunately, I don't always have the answer just because, again, coaches have reasons for why they do what they do. And you just kind of have to trust, again, whether that's through the recruiting process or you know, when players get to school and they make a decision about one player, you know, going to a tournament over another or different things like that, you know, that it's just, um, there's a lot of things that, like I said, the players and the parents don't always know behind the scenes and, and may not think about or, you know, just just have, just be kind of clueless. I think some sometimes when I've tried to explain some of these things and, you know, I get a parent, why did this player get to go over mine? My daughter's scores are better or, you know, she's done X, right. Y, and Z better and you know, they just don't understand all the different reasons and and everything that goes on behind it or, or you know, why you, yeah, know, you built yeah, such a good relationship. But yet, then you find out you're the eighth person on their list. And you're like, well, she's just been so nice. And she calls and all that. I'm like, that's, you know, that's her job, you know, because she may have to get to the eighth recruit on her list. And she doesn't want you to that's feel right. any less important, you know, and just like absolutely need to do to, a you know, to a coach. It's, you know, it's it's not that you want to be falsely leading anybody one direction or another but you know you just don't know what's going to happen and it's kind of hard to backtrack on that when you get that right. far down list and you've got to try to make up for you know for being nice to him again or something like that
0: yeah yeah I mean it's just there's so many criteria that you're looking at and, and if you got a kid that checks off on every single one of them and it's has the most potential for the future and blah 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 then that's probably the one you're going to do and somebody else might have seven out of eight or six out of eight and they're great but it just there's a couple things that aren't and so you're going with the one that you Mm -hmm. think is going to make a difference and and that is it is hard and I think as a coach even sometimes you can even share some of that and, and and I think this program might be even better for you just help them out the best you can.
1: Yes. Yes. I always, I always love when I hear that from coaches who, you know, who say that, but are willing to, to help a little bit and, you know, or the ones, like you said, that when you find out a, a player's going somewhere else that it's, it's not so personal or, you know, that you can still wish them well. And, and, you know, it hurts a little bit sometimes, especially if it's your top recruit and you lose them, but to be able to just know that, uh, you know, hopefully they're making the best decision for them and, and be able to wish the best for them. And, and you never know when that, relationship, you know, Coach Mann and I it was a little bit of that situation where she recruited me really hard. And um, I ended up not visiting kind of at the last minute. And, you know, luckily I, I, to this day, I say that she probably should not be nice to me because I'm sure I handled, I know I handled it all in a very <laughs> immature way. It's a lot of why I love what I do now, because I only want people to do better than the things I did. But so appreciative of yeah. her for yeah. still respecting me through it all. And, and up to this day, because I'm sure that was a tough one, just how much she had invested and wanted me to come when she was there at Wilmington. And, and I know I probably just not out of being disrespectful, just was too shy and scared and and immature to know how to handle it. The best way to tell her that I just didn't want to just didn't want to come there. So. Yeah. Uh, well, let's. Um, I think we, we've covered all. I know, like I said, I talked about. You know, part of your being retired. I guess you get to go pick up your grandkids. So, want to let you get there. onto that. But I do have one thing that I like asking all guests at the end. So, I don't want to skip that part, even though you're not actively you know, doing this right now with players, but I always, you know, want to know what, you know, if you were in that moment with players, um, you know, maybe there was an instance of it that you got a player who's got a really short putt at the end, um, you know, I call it tap into college golf and we kind of wrap it up with this tap in story. It's maybe more than a little tap in um, a little three footer knee knocking kind of putt, Um, to win a big event. You know, what do you have go to advice that you always give, or, you know, base it off the situation, what is, you know, what would you tell a player who's in that position to, you know, left to a, to win a big event, and what would you tell them, um, or not tell them um, in that case?
0: Well, I would tell them to breathe, stick to your routine, and just give you, give that shot full attention like you would every other shot, and then once you hit it, celebrate like crazy. <laughs>
1: There you go. Yeah. Keep it simple. And, and it's it's true because I, I think um, I, that's been such a fun one to hear the coaches different takes on on what they think and, and how they would adjust. And, um, you know, I think the biggest takeaway from all of it is just trying to treat it like it's no different than any other putt and, and trying just to yeah. keep them in their same routine and same mentality and everything. And, and then, and, you know, maybe yeah, give I them that little it. chance to think about what's going to happen afterwards, too.
0: I think, you know, we've had a couple of different scenarios for me and my team where um, I had a situation once where a kid makes par in his last hole. We win the conference championship, and she had to carry it over water, and she um, wasn't our strongest player, pretty good putter, and just acted like it was nothing else. Just, you know, there's your shot, there's your yardage, go ahead and hit it. And I'm just praying like, oh, please. (laughs) And the kid pulled it off. Versus putting any stress and letting them see the emotion that you have, you know, your energy and your nervousness. Um, I had another situation where we were at the last hole. We really made a comeback. Uh, This happened to be for another conference championship. And we debated on this one hole to tell the kids where we stood or just have them continue to play. And uh, we didn't do well in the hole. Our decision was just to let them play, not to put the stress on them. And I think sometimes you have to know as a coach who can handle it and who can't, and uh, so, you know, they go, well, maybe if you had told me, I would have really yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're yeah, yes. given that
0: kind of attention to it anyway, but, <laughs> you know, yes. it's, uh, yes. it, it's one that you got to know your player, and know if if, the, if they're the kid that says, hey, I want the ball at the end, um, yes. that's the one you're going to give it to, and you give it to them, and if it's one that goes, oh, don't, I don't want that, then you sure yeah. really can't, can't bring it up, just do your routine, every shot has equal value, just go and play it. And then goes in. We're going to celebrate like crazy.
1: Yes, yes. Awesome, awesome. I. It. That's two good takes on it. And and like I said that's all. it has been a fun one to hear everybody's opinion and and just what you know what a coach thinks about and and how they would approach different situations. So like I said, even though. Um, You're not actively doing that right now, necessarily. I figured you had some good instances where you've had to do that during your coaching career. Or again, we even look at it sometimes as a player perspective of what would I want somebody to do if I was in that boat back during playing days, you know, what I want them to tell Mm -hmm. me or, you know, what, you know, what helps me in that situation and whether it's a caddy or a coach or something like that. So Well, again, I know, like I said, you've got to head out and, but I really appreciate you taking the time to, to join me on this. It's really good to hear, like you said, more of a, a, little more of a reflection perspective and, and you did, you know, had such a good coaching career there at Georgia State. I know like I said, our time didn't overlap a ton and we didn't cross paths a ton, but I have certainly enjoyed just following what you, you, you did do and, and learn a little bit more about. Your time, you know, as the coach there, and what you did, and I've always heard heard such great things. So I appreciate you jumping on and and the chance to pick your brain a little bit and provide some insight um, as a little more of a reflection time for the parents and players. And again, lots of college coaches out there who come to this podcast to try to get some uh, some advice from some of the veteran coaches. So I'm sure that really helped them out as well. So thank you again. And any last parting words that you might have for any of the listeners out there before we wrap it up. Well, I I, I didn't think about that
0: at all, but I just want to say that I think college golf is such a wonderful opportunity in so many ways, Um, just to love every moment. You want those four years in college to be the best of your life. I can say for myself, um, I graduated from Arizona State many, many moons ago, (laughs) and I'm still in in touch with some of my college teammates. And so these are relationships that you form the times that you have are special, and that's what you want for your daughter. Um, uh, so best of luck. Just keep encouraging your, as a parent, keep encouraging your, your daughter. Um, keep loving on them. Give them the support that they need to learn to get better. And uh, coaches, I think we need to do the same thing.
1: Awesome. Very good. And again, thanks so much for joining. And for all of you out there listening, thanks for tapping in to this episode. And I will see you next time. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Tap Into College Golf. For more information, you can visit www.brandyjacksongolf.com. That's Brandy with an I. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BJaxongoff. See you next time.